All right, this week, and maybe even all month long, Candidly Speaking is doing a series called My Service Matters. During this time, I will highlight veterans from all walks of life and allow them to discuss their contributions to society and their communities. My next guest is Division I college basketball coach, Coach David Grace. What's going on, Coach? Thanks for having me, Luke. Looking forward to it, man. Thank you. No problem, Coach. Thank you for uh, taking the time to come out and uh, be on the podcast today. So first thing I want to do, Coach, is just uh, really thank you for your service to the country and everything that you have done. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. All right. So, Coach, how your family doing? Everybody's doing well, man. Just moved out to Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, enjoying this beautiful weather. Nice, nice, nice. Um, so, Coach, I'm just going to give a brief introduction of you, and then from that introduction, we'll pick up uh, we'll pick up the interview. Sounds great. All right. So, Coach Grace, uh, originally from the D.C. Baltimore area, from Hobb to Grace, also spent some time in Aberdeen, Maryland. Um, a lot of you know that from uh, Cal Ripken. Uh, Coach Grace's initial exposure to the military was when his stepfather was in the Army. Due to military permanent changes of station, Coach attended numerous middle schools and attended three different high schools. After attending three different high schools, he received one walk-on offer at Northwestern State University. When that didn't work out, Coach Grace ultimately decided to join the Air Force and serve 20 years. Coach was originally a fuel specialist and was promoted up the ranks, even eventually becoming a uh, human resources specialist. During his military career, his assignments included Turkey, Germany, Spain, Saudi Arabia, Georgia, and Virginia. Towards the end of his military career, he got involved in coaching AAU basketball under the legendary coach and namesake program of Boo Williams in Hampton, Virginia, while stationed in Langley Air Force Base. The Boo Williams program has NBA Hall of Fame alumni to include Alonzo Mourning and Allen Iverson. Following a promotion, he moved to Arizona. While in Arizona, he built the Arizona Magic, an affiliate program of the storied Compton Magic uh, program featured in the documentary At All Costs. In addition to that program, he turned around a South Mountain High School basketball program, winning a state championship in 2006. This is when the opportunities began to come in at the next level for Coach Grace. After receiving a recommendation from Basketball Hall of Fame coach Lute Olson, Coach Grace began his college career at California State University, Sacramento. After that, he went on to be an assistant coach at Oregon State, UCLA, and an associate head coach at Vanderbilt. Notably at Oregon State, he was an assistant coach for Craig Robinson, who was a brother of former First Lady Michelle Obama. While at UCLA, he was credited for recruiting Lonzo Ball and later at Vanderbilt as the associate head coach under Jerry Stackhouse, who recruited the likes of Scottie Pippen Jr. and Kenyon Martin Jr. in their first recruiting class. So, Coach, that is a mouthful. That was a lot to go through, but uh, that only scratches the surface of your, of your resume. Um, so from here, I want to just jump right in. Well, thank you, man. And it, uh, it brings back a lot of memories listening to you uh, talk about it. So uh, I'm ready to get going here. Kind of, kind of bring back some great memories. Oh, that's good. That's good. We're gonna, we're gonna get into this. Um, so, Coach, you, you actually uh, joined the military before you got into college basketball. So, can you tell us how you ended up joining the military? How you decided on the Air Force? And, and as an Army guy, I must ask, why not the Army? <laughs> well, those are some great questions. I'll start with why not the Army. I saw my, what my stepfather did in the Army, going and playing G.I. Joe and staying out <laughs> in the field. 
for weeks at a time and uh, not taking a shower and coming back and, and having to smell that and, uh, <laughs> and, and all the stories that he told me uh, uh, just motivated me to uh, score high on that test and uh, get into the Air Force. Uh, that's, that's, that's one of the reasons my uh, mother uh, kind of used reverse psychology on me. She wanted me to join the Army and, uh, you know, I, I was wanting to go walk on at Northwestern State University. And I asked and she asked me how who was going to pay for it. And I told her her and uh, she said, no, she didn't have the money. And then I said, well, you know, she said, why don't you join the Army? I said, nah. And then I said two days later, I said, I'm going to join the Air Force. And then she said, you're not smart enough to join the Air Force, just re- using reverse psychology and. And, you know, right. when somebody tells me I can't do something, I'm going to go prove that I can. And uh, so I went and took the test with, with, with my with my best friend at the time. And we both passed. And uh, she said, oh, you're going in the Air Force. I said, no, I just wanted to uh, prove to you I could pass that <laughs> test. So so right. a couple of days later, I went up and uh, joined and uh, turned out to be the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Uh, I got to spend 20 years in the military and and learn so much and uh now i get a retirement check so uh, oh, yeah. uh it, it's been quite a blessing wow yeah i i read that story i was hoping that you would get into that story about your mom how she used that reverse psychology yeah um i thought that was a pretty cool story because our moms have a way of of getting things out of us um right. so I, I thought that was a really good story um so i also um so another another interview, uh, you said when you had that offer at Northwestern State, it was a walk on offer and you couldn't pay for college. And you also mentioned that at the time you didn't realize that there may have been other options. You just weren't aware of those. And I think that happens so often these days. Um, so for a kid that may be experiencing a similar situation, what kind of advice would you give to that to that kid who who may only have a few offers or may not have any at all? but still wants to go to college, but don't really know what, what they should do. What type of advice would you give to that kid? You know, I, if I, for, for that kid, I didn't know about grant aids, you know, I didn't have no clue, you know, um, being 18 years old and my mom, she didn't really know either. You know, she just, she just knew a great path for me and, uh, keep me on straight and narrow would be to join the military. So, um, 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 but, you know, I, my recommendation is if a school's interested in you and, um, you know, try to find out all the things that can help you with your tuition and to get you accepted and get you in there. And and, you know, maybe that's the best route you could have took. You know, for me, it was going in the military. I, I Looking back on it, I, I'd have had I, I'd have done um, I couldn't have do any uh, done any better of joining the military. I mean, it, it, it changed my life uh, completely. Um, and it still does today. It still still has an effect on me. It, it helps me with my everyday uh, uh, um, living and it helps me with my coaching. It helps me with all the occupations that I've had over the years. So, um, but, but for some people, maybe going to that college and uh, going that route would be best. So, you know, um, the only thing I didn't get to do was play Division One college basketball, but I did play for the Air Force. So, uh, and while I was in the Air Force, so it it was it, it all worked out. So, um, but but you're right. It, I was very ignorant to the process, and and anybody out there listening, please do your homework and research. It's it's much better than you know. We didn't have 
you know, I'm I'm an older guy. We didn't have the internet and all of that to, to, to <laughs> lean on like like they do nowadays. Right. Yep. Yep. They got a lot of recruiting sites out there too that uh that I see uh people use a lot. Right. Uh, to help them get to help them get recruited. But you mentioned playing on base. Um I don't think a lot of people realize how competitive it is when you're playing at the base level, um, specifically for basketball. Um, I don't think people realize uh, I was stationed here in Fort Detrick and we went down to play at, uh, I think it was Quantico Marine Base. And they had a guy on their team. He had to be six, seven, six, nine or something like that. And I'm like, why are you playing here? Why aren't you? somewhere in college so i don't think people realize how competitive that is yeah base level basketball is big time basketball and and uh even going down to the gym and playing pickup on a saturday afternoon or a saturday morning um was very competitive and then when i got older playing in the over 30 league at, at lunchtime it was so competitive that there would f- fights break out and mm. it was some high level basketball i mean it was um former division one players, uh, guys that probably could have played division one, but, but did like, like myself and joined the military. Um, so it is, uh, it was some, I'm glad you brought that up. People back, especially back then, man, it was a lot of talent and they were grown men. I mean, they were, yeah. you know, 27, 28 years old. And, and it, it was, man, you better bring your A game if you were going <laughs> to stay on the court on the pickup games, let alone playing on the team. Yep. No, that's 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 absolutely right. So uh, but picking back up on uh, the Air Force. So the 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 job that you had is actually really interesting to me. Uh, you were a fuel specialist. And then later on, you you ended up attending the Defense Equal Opportunity Institute, which I'm familiar with, because I think that's joint between all the services. Um, uh, but um, with your with with the equal being an equal opportunity representative, how did that transition happen? to go from being a fuel specialist to now you're going to the Defense Equal Opportunity Institute. Were you selected for that or did you volunteer for that to have that additional responsibility? You know, it, it, it's funny how how God works, man. I, I was mm. I, I, I got promoted and they were doing a drawdown uh, in the Air Force at the time. And I just got to Langley Air Force Base which oh, I wow. took assignment to Turkey to get to Langley Air Force Base. I was going to retire <laughs> there. Um, you know, I got into coaching basketball. And and, um, and and when they told me I had to cross train, uh, it, it crushed me. And mm. um, and I was, I, I, was, I was angry because I worked so hard to get to Langley. Um, right. Um, and I loved the area so much. And I was close to home in Maryland. So mm-hmm. the, I, they, they said I had to go down and uh, select a, a, a new career field. And so I go down and they have this big old book and they have uh, the different uh, career fields in it and in the, the bios of those career fields. And the first one, I, I, I just opened up the middle. I was so mad. I said, I'm going to just pick one, open up the one in the middle of the book. And if I like it, you know, um, that's the one I'm going to choose. Um, and that was the first one I picked up was military equal opportunity. Uh, and it, it was a blessing, man. It's mm. it, that 15 week course at, at Diomi, as they call it, the school that you just talked about, it's the right. greatest human relations school in the world. I mean, wow. other countries come in and, and go there. It's 15 weeks. You get 23 college credits and help me get my degree. Um, mm. The things you learn there, you never, you don't learn anywhere else in school. Um, 
uh, it was just a fantastic uh, experience. Uh, then I go and I get stationed in Phoenix, which was another blessing. So, um, uh, and I got to learn a, a, a trade that, that helps you throughout. You know, I taught people how to get along in the workplace. I did discrimination cases. I taught people how discrimination affects other people. And, you know, people don't, uh, a lot of people that's never been discriminated don't understand, you know, right. and to educate those folks. And uh, uh, it was a great four years for me. Um, it was, uh, I got me off the flight line, you know, and it got me into helping other people, uh, uh, with their work and, and how they go about their work. So um, um, there's a great checks and balances in the military. And uh, another thing, like I said in, previously, that mm -hmm. all my experiences in the military helped me to this day. Wow. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think people realize um, because for some reason the military has like a negative connotation, like it's such the worst thing in the world, but you get some of the best experiences, some of the best training in the military than you will anywhere else, anywhere else. Um, and I don't think people give that enough, give that enough credit. So I'm glad you mentioned going back to the flight line because I was going to mention, I used to always see like these air force commercials and you see them out there on the flight line. So it sounded like the fuel specialist thing was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty fun to do, but it seemed like it was, it could be dangerous, uh, required you to pay a lot of attention to detail. Um, the Air Force is, you know, the job of the Air Force is to control the air. Um, in order to control the air, the planes must have fuel. You have to get the planes off the ground. Um, so can you go a little more into detail on what it was like to be a fuel specialist? I got to imagine. I mean, I'm sure it was long days, but, you know, it, to me on TV, it, at least it looked it looked pretty exciting to be out there on a the flight line like that. Very exciting because, you know. You know the air force is about putting bombs on target and they do that with airplanes so we were we were right <laughs> yeah. in the front front part of 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 the air force uh, very dangerous uh the jet fuel was very highly explosive uh the liquid oxygen was freezing cold is in the minus 290s and uh um, liquid nitrogen and and we handled that as well and it it it, it you had to be on point with your job daily or you would die, you would blow up. Um, mm. And it, they had checklists. And that's another thing that's helped me in, in the military. You know, I mean, out, out of the military and being a coach, um, yep. you know, you have to have a checklist. Every every procedure you do has been thoroughly thought thought through and, and, and designed for the safety of the person and, and, to, and to get clean fuel on an airplane and let the airplane and, and the pilot do, do what they do. And uh, it was great. Very, very cold flight lines at times, mm, <laughs> frigid, yeah. you know, um, yep. doing it in the war zone was crazy, um, mm. uh, you know, but it was very rewarding, too, to see the, what you're doing, the end product. You know, you, you got to see the planes take off and, 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 and do what they do and then come back and, uh, and refuel them again. But it was very exciting. Uh, I, I, I never would want to change it. Um, um, and I learned so much about, you know, um, doing it the right way every time, each and every time, uh, to, uh, make sure not only that it, you were safe, but, uh, you, you were, you were able to uh, complete the mission. Mm. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's amazing. Um, so <laughs> 
in the military, we joke around with each other uh, a lot of times in the different branches. Uh, in the Army, uh, we used to joke with the Air Force, and we call the Air Force the Chair Force. I'm sure you heard that before. Yep. Um, <laughs> but we, uh, but there was a time where I had a really good opportunity to to receive a brief from a senior master chief, I believe his rank was, and uh, it opened my eyes up a lot about the military or about the Air Force, and um, mostly their their high standard. The Army has a high standard, but it seems like the Air Force high standard was just a little different. Like the Army, we focus a lot on tactical competence. The Air Force seemed to focus a lot on technical competency. So can you talk a little bit about how that extreme attention to detail and that high level of of um, of competency, uh, technical competency from the Air Force, how that helped propel you and your career um, going forward? You know, that, that's that's another great question. Uh, you're right. The Air Force wants you to think. They want you to use your brain <laughs> or, you know, I got to get a jab in there somewhere. You know, the, the army wants your back. The, the air force wants your brain. No, just, you're right. You're right. But, uh, you know, they want you to be able to think and, uh, you know, um, uh, ex- you know, and then apply it, you know? So, um, it, it taught me right away, man, that I, I was around some very smart people. So it, it, you know, it kind of got my bootstraps up to go ahead and, and, you know, compete with them, not only, uh, you know, in the job, but also in, in preparing to be promoted. And, um, um, but there was, you're right, man, the technical aspect, the, the, the way people think and how, how things get done is, uh, it, it was, it just helped me in so many ways. And, and, and it, bre- it bred tremendous confidence once you were successful in it. You know what I mean? Um, being in the Air Force, they taught you how to be confident. And they taught you how to learn. Um, we would go to class and learn how to learn and prepare. And, um, you know, there was no stone left unturned um, on, on what we were doing and how we were going to do it and why we were going to do it. And... Um, the competitiveness of that all boiled down to, uh, to, 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 to the type of person that, that I became and, and uh, the confidence that it bred in me once I was able to uh, compete with uh, my coworkers and even my subordinates and in, in, in my superiors. Right. You know, I've, I've all in my career, I've been blessed with assignments where I've always been kind of around the Air Force. And one thing I can say for sure is that the Air Force always took care of their people. Uh, when I was stationed in Korea, I think I've uh, been there twice. I think I was at uh, Camp Red Cloud, maybe. And uh, it was real cold outside and the Army wouldn't really allow you to use. We couldn't use all our equipment without being out of uniform. So I looked over at the Air Force barracks and these guys had on these giant parkers with fur in the in the in the in the in the hood and stuff. And I was like, man, they really took care. And they, you know, the, the as you guys call them, the dorms were, were really nice all the time. So I will say the Air Force definitely uh, took care, took care of their people for sure. Yeah, um, much smaller so they could do it. You know, it's much smaller than the Army. True, true. Um, So when I did my training for for the Army, I went to Fort Meade and that's, you know, pretty much a joint base. And I had some Air Force um, people in there. And one of the misconceptions I had about the Air Force was that if you go into Air Force, you never have to worry about going into combat. Now, what I later gained to understand was 
they do go. They might go for shorter periods, but they do go. So with that being said, you spent some time um, in Operation Desert Storm. Can you talk a little bit about the things that you saw in combat and how that changed you as a person or just how that that deployment, uh, that specific deployment impacted you? You know, it, it impacted me in a lot of ways. You know, I, I we, we, we were in, you know, combat, you know, and uh, we did see casualties. Um, um, it was, you know, every day when you woke up, it was a Monday. Um, every day you didn't know if you were going to step on a landmine or not. Um, uh, you didn't know if you were going to make it home. Um, I was also, uh, I, was, I was stationed in Saudi Arabia. I lived right. in Kobar, Kobar Towers, and some some the army probably would have said that's like the Taj Mahal, but hmm. but they did get blown up, and the building that got blown up was the building that I stayed in. So wow. um, so I was very lucky that I wasn't there at the time. I had left already. Um, hmm. So anybody can Google the Kobar Towers bombing, and they could see see that it's they they have photos on the internet now about it. So um, it was very eye-opening, very uh, humbling uh, to see, uh, you know, war. And yeah. I, I, I talk to the kids all the time, like they always say, well, we're going to go to war. I said, no, you, you guys, this is not real war. They, they don't yeah. have a reset button like on the video games. <laughs> like like yeah. we were in a real war. We couldn't mess up. And mm. um, so I, I, I share those experiences with them. Um, but it's something that I, I don't talk about often. It's yeah. not it's not very fun. I didn't I didn't enjoy it. You know, um, I, I remember when the sirens went off and, and, and the threat of Scud missiles were coming our way and how you feel, you know, uh, uh, during those times. Um, you know, I wasn't uh, shooting the M16 every day, but um, but I was around it. So um, mm-hmm. those experiences that uh I kind of suppress in my mind and don't talk about it a lot, but, yeah. but, uh, it, it's, it's, it's something that, 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 um, you know, it's kind of shaped me too, you know, cause every once in a while I'll think about those times. I wasn't there very long, but the time right. that I was there, uh, was, was something else, you know, it's just like dropping you off in a different world mm. because the, the, the customs, the, how they how they dress and how everybody was over there is is like in a movie, you know, yeah. and um, and you you don't know who your friend is and who isn't because a lot of them didn't wear the uniform, you know, right. so you don't know who, you know, feeding you every morning or cutting your hair. You don't you don't know if they're your friends or not. So um, right. um, you just had to have trust and faith. And and, and that's what got me through. Wow. Yeah. I just um, interviewed one of my longtime friends who's uh, currently a major in the army and our kids are the same age. And, uh, you know, what he went to when he, he's been to Iraq twice now and, you know, some of the stories that he's come back and being in different units, just hearing some of the stuff that, um, you know, some of my 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 fellow service members were saying and people really came back um, changed very different. I interviewed my dad as well and he was in Vietnam. Um, and you know, I, I listened to some of his stories when I was a kid, I really, I really didn't pay a lot of attention to him. But now when I got in the military that night, we did our first, uh, uh, live fire exercise or whatever the exercise was. I called my dad. I was nearly in tears. Cause I'm like, I don't know how you did this. Like I was, I was in a play fight 
you were in the real thing and my dad was an infantryman so he was on the front lines right so um that was that was pretty intense so coach i want to kind of uh go into something um you you mentioned reading a book um by morgan morgan wooten who who everyone knows was a great uh basketball coach um sounds like he was a leader that it, that inspired you and uh, I, I'm sure you picked up a lot of things from his from his book. My son has attended uh, the Wooten camp at Frostburg State. Um, he went there last year. I got a chance to meet Joe Wooten, who is his son. I think he uh, coaches at Bishop O'Connell down in D.C., I believe, yep. uh, somewhere in that area. Um, but one of my favorite topics is to talk about leadership. So what other leaders inspired you? It could be military leaders. Uh, any leaders in your civilian life? Who, what, 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 what type of leaders or what leaders have inspired you? You know that Joe Wilton's a friend of mine, so you, you, that's great mm. that you had him. You had him go to his camp. Uh, Mor- Morgan was a great was a great uh, uh, mentor. Uh, um, Lou Olson was a great mentor. I'm, I was very crushed when he passed away. He, he took a that was recently, right? Yeah, yes, he August, passed away yeah, this okay. year and. Yep. He took he took me under his wing and and I learned so much from him. Uh, you know, I, I, Eddie Robinson was a was a leader from a distance. You know, I spent mm. time in Louisiana and, and to see what he did at Grambling, especially when oh, I yeah. visited Grambling University and saw, you know, what really you know facility wise what he had to work with. Now it's better because they they've they've made a. Uh, they built a stadium at the end of his career and named it after him. But, um, right. you know, um, those type of guys are, were, were big. Uh, you know, I've had Chief Walter McCauley in the military, a guy named Ron Goodwin, who's still uh, the director at, uh, of MEO in, at Luke Air Force Base. They were mm-hmm. Chief McCauley was a great mentor of mine. My father, my stepfather, they're there. They, my my father's been always, you know, my my number one guy. He's he's mm-hmm. been a great mentor for me, and um, he's he's helped me through everything. So, um, um, but those those folks, um, um, basketball wise, is is no no question. Lou Olson and Morton Wooten. Mm, mm, I like that. Yeah, when I when when I took my son to that camp, um, Joe. I didn't even approach him. He saw us in the hallway. He came over and talked to us, you know, so I thought that was really cool because that's a pretty large camp. And out of all the people that were in there, he just came over and talked to us. He saw, I think he saw us in the hallway. He just came over and talked to us. So I really, really appreciated that. And we, we got referred there by some friends. So, um, that was, that was, um, that was pretty cool. So I, I find a lot of similarities in coaching and in military leadership, um, namely holding people accountable, being accountable to yourself, practice how you play, train how you fight. But how do you see the similarities with the military versus uh, coaching and leadership? So many similarities. You know, you're, you, you, you're just the logistics part. You're moving troops to go to go fight a war. You're moving, you're moving basketball players to go play a basketball game. You know, mm-hmm. um, um, you got to prepare for that. You know, you got to prepare for all the logistics, the food, everything. And, uh, um, you, you, their X's and O's are just like the strategic plan, uh, you have for the military. So, um, you know, the checklist we use, I use checklists all the time, um, mm. it right down to, to how you treat people and how do you motivate people? You, 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 you learn that in the military, you know, and how to get people to be their best every day. 
Um, you know, there's a lot is transient business that we're in, in in college basketball. So I've moved around. I've never lived one place longer than six six years in my whole life after wow. after I was twelve. So moving has been easy for me, not so much for my wife. <laughs> okay. But um, you know, so there's so many similarities uh, uh, of getting to know people. That's another thing too that. Um, you know, for me to meet somebody is real easy, real, real easy and compared to probably most because I've been to so many high schools. I've been to so many elementary schools, middle schools, and, and then I've traveled the world and met, you know, people, um, you know, so so recruiting, recruiting is, has been real easy for me to go in someone's home um, and talk to them. I, I, I understand. I probably know somebody that knows them. You know what I mean? Right. Or, or, yeah. or, or knows, you know, where they've lived. Like I, I'll call people all the time and say, Hey, where, where are you originally from? Oh, I'm from Texas. Oh, I know some people over here. I know, some, you know, and then we get to talking about all kinds of different stuff. So uh, it's, it's, they're very similar in that way. Um, you know, uh, how you handle loss, how you handle adversity, how do you, how do you, how do you handle uh, success? You know, some people can't handle that. You know, yeah. um, um, what do you learn when you win? You know, we always do a, a, you know, a trip report or something like that in the military. You know, when we go on trips, we we, we kind of do a trip report as well. So, uh, what did we learn? What 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 can we make better? Stuff like that. So many similarities. You know, mm. another one of my mentors I forgot to commit is a guy named Rob Evans, who um, okay. He he was the head coach at Arizona State when I when I moved out here and was stationed in Phoenix, and he was he was also a great mentor of mine. He came to my retirement when he didn't have to, and oh, I'm wow. a big big fan of Rob. He's an associate AD at SMU now and was drafted in three sports. That's what kind of athlete he was. He got yeah. He was drafted wow. in baseball, football, and basketball. Played at New Mexico State. Was just an incredible person, and he's he, he's a mentor of mine as well. Wow. Wow. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the thing about how you treat people, um, because I came across a story as well where I believe it was when you were going to UCLA and you met the coach's uh, you met the coach's daughter. Was that UCLA? Yes. Um, and OK, so you 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 met the coach's daughter and I think she was, what, 15 or 16 at the time, maybe in high school. And you stood up to shake her hand and that really had an impact on her so much so she basically told her father she you he better hire you yeah um you know i thought but i thought what was so great about that story is because you all you, you know you always have to treat people with respect and i think right. that is another thing that the military teaches us i mean most of us can have it within ourselves but i think the military can sometimes really drive that home on on respect so i'm really glad you brought that up thank you yeah it kind of it helped me get the job at UCLA because I didn't know Coach Offered and it was in a in a hotel suite at the Final Four and mm. uh, I was probably about an hour and a half in on the interview as she walked in and I went over and said hello to her and that 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 was she said no one else has ever done that you know um, and she they're, they're, they're obviously Coach Steve Offered basketball family and, and it's All mostly right. males so um, so she she thought the world of that and she told him uh, he better hire me so so um, you're right. Uh, just treat people right. And uh, that's my big thing, man. If you can treat people right, I think you're always going to be all right. 
No, I, I, I definitely agree with that. When I saw that story, I, I thought that was awesome. Um, so a lot of people uh, that are going to be listening to this podcast are going to really, really want to hear about your coaching career. I didn't want to spend too much time on that because I really wanted to highlight your veteran career. Um, but you spoke about when at the time you believed that you could be a Division One coach. And uh, from looking at your military career, your body of work, uh, I can see your work ethic. Uh, everything I've read about you, people speak highly of you. Um, and as I alluded to before, you coached alongside Craig Robinson at Oregon State, um, and you recruited all types of high-level players. And even in 2016, you were ranked top seven coach uh, for recruiting. Um, but in all that, um, what what about your preparation and your recruiting? could you compare it to the task and duty specifically in the military? So there's a lot of preparation I'm sure that you go through with, with the recruiting process. And there's a lot of preparation that you do in the military. And you, we kind of alluded to this in the question before, but specifically talking about the preparation process. Well, you got to do your homework on the young man that you're recruiting, you know, um, and you, you, you want to make sure you get to know not only that person, but the people that are very important to him and the people that are around him, you want to get to know them as best you can. And, and uh, that helps you with the decision-making of how you talk to them and how do you, how you go about recruiting them. And, you know, I tell kids all the time, you know, you got me for life. I've been, I, I was a military guy way before I got into coaching. And uh, if you, if, you know, like me, I, I recruited Zion Williamson. I didn't get Zion. He went to Duke, but we're, we're still, we still are, are friends. You know what I mean? Right. Because mm -hmm. it's not about just me getting the player. I think a lot of coaches don't understand that. And they, that's all they care about. If they don't get the kid, they don't talk to the kid afterwards. Well, that's you know, true. the kid, the kid has a lot of things going on in his life, you know, yeah. and, and not, not all, you're not going to get them all, you know, but you're going to get your share if you work hard. And that's another thing I've always was taught by my parents to outwork people and, mm. and, 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 and then joining the military, I, I've seen a few outwork people, you'll, you'll, you'll get, you know, promoted and you'll get, you'll get the things that you want in life. And, uh, so my, my, when I go and recruit a young man, I'm going to outwork the people that I'm, that I'm going up against. And, and, uh, um, some people say I don't have a full deck. I'm not playing with a full deck because I, I love this stuff. You know, I love mm. to recruit because that's my way of competing. I can't, yeah. I can't make jump shots anymore. So, so I can, I can compete that way, you know, and I love X's and O's. I love the strategy behind it because it's like the military, you know, we're going to out strategize our competition and our competitors and the enemy. So I, I love the X's and O's part of the, of, of the, so, you know, the, the military is, is, is in, you know, in college basketball and high school basketball is so many similarities. And uh, so, so how my preparation was, was just like in the military, I wasn't going to lose. So I got to do it and do it the right way and have integrity. You know, that's one of the core values of the air force. Right. You, know, you hear the, the all the corruption that's, that's going on in our business in college basketball. I'm so happy that I did it the right way mm. and, 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 and do it and, and do it and just work, try to outwork them. You know, some, some players I'm not going to get, but I'll get my share if I, if I do it the right way and, and, and show people that I really care about them. You know, one thing I'm really proud of is, 
you know, the people that I recruited, they've always called and said, Coach Grace, we, we knew that you were going to actually take care of my son. And mm. that, that means so much to me because I am, you know, and you, they got me for life. You know, they, they, they got me for for life, whether they, whether they play for me or not, you know, right. or whether they came to school or not, you know, and, and once you play for me, you know, these kids call me all the time, my high school teams, my my AU teams. And, and then, you know, I was texting with LaMelo Ball, who's, who's up to be the number one draft pick. Right. And, and yep. he, he and I still text to this day and he never did really play for us, you know, um, right. committed to us, but never played to us. And, and I think the world of that, you know, wow. um, um, that he and I would stay in touch. No, that's that's great. And I'm glad you talked about that, Coach, because a lot of kids come from different areas and even at a low the lower levels of. AAU or travel basketball they just dis- discard these kids if, you, if you're not tall enough if you're not if you're if you don't have the talent coaches don't want to develop um I'm big on trying to develop kids coaches I see don't want to develop kids if you can't win them an AAU championship they don't want anything to do with you they don't want to they don't want to develop you they don't want to take that time and I think that's one of the biggest things about coaching is taking that time to develop your players at whatever level I've, I've heard you know I listen to NBA guys talk and a lot of them they still feel like hey I'm still learning I'm still learning I'm still grinding I'm still doing it um so you're, you're always learning and to see coaches disregard kids at a young age is is really disheartening to me so I'm glad you uh I'm glad you brought that up because kids are in a some kids are in a very bad bad situation right um so I'm I'm really glad that you brought that up but speaking of basketball coach have you I'm not sure about the timeline when you left when you left uh Langley was uh the Boo Williams Sports Complex uh built at that time no I'm, I'm not sure oh it wasn't okay. no it so wasn't. have you had a chance kinda, to see it I'm kind of jealous when I go back because we didn't get to play and stuff <laughs> things that were so nice <laughs> okay okay <laughs> we played at okay. Aberdeen middle school for all you listeners out there <laughs> uh that's where we played and uh or we got to play at Bethel where where Tony Rutland and Allen Iverson went to high school so uh yeah but which is right down the street from uh Blue's complex Blue's got a beautiful complex now yeah no he does and my family actually lives not too far from there across the border and uh very close to a town called Elizabeth City they have Elizabeth City State University um you know it's a d2 school right right down there so we're not far from from hampton so i'm really familiar with uh with uh coach boo williams and his uh and his program um so i just wanted to know if you had a chance to see that see that yeah it is really nice yeah i've come back and recruited recruited in there when he has his turn okay his annual turn yeah okay okay um coach so as we uh round up and uh start to land this plane i want to kind of touch on something so you spent, I believe, five years at uh, UCLA, um, and sadly, uh, at the beginning of the year, we lost Kobe. Um, strangely enough, two weeks before that, I lost my nephew as well due to gun violence. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the biggest, uh, the biggest impact of Kobe's death, of course, was felt by his family. Um, but from a distance, you could tell, you know, the the city was really hurt by that. Um, but since then, since January, when when Kobe passed, and I know the date because, like I said, my nephew two weeks before. Um, but since then, the Dodgers won the World Series. Um, the the Lakers, uh, LeBron just got his fourth title. Um, and even going back a few years, you know, not relevant to this, but the Rams were in the Super Bowl um, as the Los Angeles Rams. So all of that said, how did it make you feel 
after spending all that time in, in L.A. Um, and California in, in general to see that city lively and vibing again after all that they've that they've gone through how did it how did that feel for you to to get to witness that it, it, it's just it felt great you know when when kobe passed away and i'm sorry to hear about your about your relative um Thank you. dying from gun violence it's, it's such a sad 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 thing that our our uh, society is c- continuing you know with families getting their children and their loved ones uh, killed during the gun violence. That's just, right. it's heartbreaking as well. And it's it's same as Kobe, you know, um, mm-hmm. we just, Kobe was famous. So, um, yeah, right. But, yep. but the impact was still the same. And it, it was a crushing impact uh, when we heard Kobe pass, passed away and the helicopter incident and, and to see the city, you know, um, I, I love LA, you know, um, <laughs> Um, could barely afford living there, but I love it. Yes, you know, uh, yeah. uh, you got to pay for paradise. Uh, um, but the people there are, are great. They love their sports. And f- to see, like you said, to see the Dodgers and the Lakers win is, you know, they, they live and die. A lot of people live and die off of the, off of the Lakers winning and, and, and the Dodgers winning. And, and now they get the, the Rams as, as a football team. Um, but, you know, and it's been a drought. It's been a drought yeah, for those two, uh, those two franchises. So to see that happen is is kind of the healing process of of Kobe passing away. Right, right. Um, so, Coach, the last thing I kind of want to talk about. I haven't heard you talk much about this, but it was really intriguing to me. Um, and I'm not sure if you're still involved in this, um, but Nike has the uh, N7 Nike Fund um, as a program that honors Native Americans and and Indigenous people. Uh, you're a Native American of uh, Cherokee descent, um, and I had never heard of this um, until I read your bio. So, is there anything you can talk about with that with that fund or or program, and how you got involved, and and why you were involved in that? Well, I was really involved when I was at Oregon State, and uh, okay. you know, I recruited Joe Burton, and he was Native as well um, uh, from the Soba tribe in uh, Hemet, California. So okay. that's when the N7 was just coming out. If you go on the Nike website or you just punch in N7, you'll see the Native American gear. Um, so I was real involved in them. And then when I got to UCLA, I was no longer with Nike. I was, we were Adidas. Okay. So, right. I, okay. so I kind of, I, I was really crushed because I really wanted to, to, to um, you know, kind of dress out UCLA in the Native gear. Um, oh yeah. You know, New Mexico, University of New Mexico still does it. And, um, I don't know if Oregon state still does it or not. Uh, but if, if I ever went back to Nike, um, I would, I would push for it. I was going to try to push for it at Vanderbilt as well. So, okay. uh, but, uh, yeah, that means a lot to, uh, native people to, to have some, some gear, especially from Nike, uh, the largest brand of, of, of apparel that's in the, in the world. So, so when they started that program, it just, just breathes so much pride. You know, when I wear my N7 gear, I I have so much pride in, uh, and when I'm walking around because it's, it's something to recognize and, and, you know, natives are probably the most misunderstood people there is. And, um, um, just by way things have happened through through the through the world so uh through history excuse me so um, right um 
So for for to be a part of that program, it meant a lot, and they 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 really showed a lot of interest in me as well. And um, I was very very thankful for the time when I was at Oregon State to be a part of that program, and and I would love to to be a part of it again. Okay, thank you. Um, I I thought yeah after seeing that because again I didn't know anything about it until I saw it on your on your on your resume. And uh, I looked them up and I saw that they had like some Kyries that were that were in seven. I was like, man, this is a this is a an entire thing. This is yeah. not just, you know, so this is this is big. So <laughs> I'm going to go on that site, uh, you know, and, and check it out a little more. But um, yeah. But yeah, coach, I uh, I really appreciate your time today. And I just want to ask you if you you know, for the military uh, veterans that are out there listening, coach, you have any parting words um, as we approach the Veterans Day holiday next week? Well, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for your service. You know, uh, I think uh, for anybody to, to to serve in the military is is quite not only an honor, but uh, something that a lot of people that just don't do or want to do. And for you to give a part of your life, uh, thank you. Uh, that means a lot to me. I'm I'm very, very humbled when people come up to me and tell me thankful. Thank you, because they're, they're, they notice that uh, we have served our country and we've given given part of our lives. And some have given their ultimate, they've given their, their whole life. And for those folks and their families, uh, um, I, I want to say thank you as well. And, and, and we are all going to observe Veterans Day. And it's going to be a time of reflection and I'm going to reflect on all my family members that have served and and um, and others that have served and, and even, the, you know, the people that that are serving right now that are overseas. And mm-hmm. and I know what they're going through. Um, they're, they're away from their family and, and they're, um, the 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 communication process is a lot better than when I was there. I was waiting for letters. They're probably getting, they're probably getting text messages and stuff, so it's a little bit better. That's no, but I still is going to think about them. Uh, they don't have it as bad as we did, but um, right, you know, when we got that care package, boy, that was everything. Uh, especially if you saw some Reese's pieces or right. you know some Snickers that that you could read the the the, the label of the candy and stuff like right. that, you know, or some Doritos or something. So. Um, yeah, and and then uh, you would read the whole letter and put it up on your wall and everything, you know. So you were so right. excited to get it, especially when we were in the war zone. Uh, we mm. would I checked that mailbox every day, man. Um, yeah. That was that was important. But for for to answer your question, yeah, just a time of reflection and, and thankful. You know, our country wouldn't be the way we are. We're going through a presidential election right now. And we yes. wouldn't have those rights without those people fighting those wars, you know, and, and, and supporting us and, and protecting us. You know, when you go to sleep at night, just remember somebody's overseas protecting you or somebody's mm-hmm. uh, protecting us stateside. Somebody's over watching over us and making sure that we're safe and we're still the best country in the world. You know, when we go overseas, we, we realize real quick that we are part of the best country in the world. Because not there's no other country to compare to the United States. Now, do we do everything right? No, but but for overall, it's not even close. And um, um, th- that I'm very thankful, and we do. And, and the reason why is because of the military. Wow, Coach, thank you for those words. Um, I hope the next time that uh, you and I get a chance to talk, we can talk a little more 
uh, basketball because yeah. uh, one thing you mentioned uh, where I'm trying to improve is uh, in the X's and O's. I, I'm good with the people, persons, and stuff, but uh, I am trying to improve in the X's and O's. So hopefully next time we talk, we can talk some more about basketball. And if you're back in the area and you got some free time, maybe one day we can grab some lunch and it'll all be on me, Coach. I would love that, man. I would love that a lot. I'd love to spend lunch with you. You know, I, I'll take care of the bill, but uh, but I would love to talk X's and O's. I love talking X's and O's. It's a lot of fun. It's a way for me to learn, too. So I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot from you as well. And um, and I'm looking forward to getting back over to the to the DMV and, 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 and get the chance to see you and your family and, and also get to see my father and, and my family. That's awesome, Coach. Hey, Coach, I appreciate it. Um, we'll get off here. Um, I'll send you a message. And uh, we're good, Coach. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, man. And thanks for having me. It really means a lot. It, it really All right. Does. Thanks, Coach. Thanks. Thanks, Luke. All right. Bye-bye. All right. What an interview. What an interview that was um, with Coach. Uh, we touched on so many things there, but uh, I really like his message at the end to all of our veterans out there. So, Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. And um, I guess I will catch up with you guys the next time. All right.